And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. Oh, baby, we're back. Woo! You guys feeling okay? <laughs> I haven't slept. Travis oh. Kelsey is still running through the streets of Los Angeles doing the Dan Sorensen football over the head. <laughs> I am in the clothes that I did radio in last night, and they are soaked with sweat and tears and alcohol. <laughs> Unless you don't want them to be sad, then they can just be sweat and tears. I can't remember what your whole deal is. I oh, <laughs> what a game! It was going to be an instant classic. When we knew the uniform matchups. Mm. All white, gray face masks, yes. Chargers uniforms, immaculate on the redesign that they did recently. It was yeah. gonna be an instant classic, how regardless to- of how the game went. And then it went into overtime and the Chiefs offense did the Chiefs offense thing at the end. I mean, powder blue for life, man. Uh what a game. Uh should I do it now or later, Josh? Oh, give it to me now! I don't right. know what you mean. Hit me now. All right. Some, some quick shout outs. Okay. Uh-huh. Braden, I see you out here. Kyle Richardson. Ben France. Our guy Matthew Livingston. And Steven Shiner. I hope I'm saying that right. The amount of people who sent me gifts or images on the Twitter of clothing coming off via the zipper. <laughs> Was amazing. And look, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it's even better than you anticipated once once zips have come down. Um <laughs> this team looks like a championship team. They do. Uh you know, now the play calling, which we anticipated was going to lead to zippers. Um coming towards gravity <laughs> was there but sometimes it's just the talent guys it's just the talent uh in a matter of minutes as i wrote in the athletic the chiefs best player went from man this is kind of a kind of a bad night to like oh yeah that's right he the best he the best in the league he the best Oh yeah, and that that guy, uh, that guy, that guy over there, it's never been a tight end like him. Oh, and uh, they can stretch him out. He can have cramps. He can do you know hamstring stretches. It's clear that he's tired because you know he's been running all these routes in the past five days, and he's just a Hall of Famer too who can just. They summon greatness in a way that is uh, that is truly remarkable um, against a team that 
did just about everything we as a podcast have asked for. And I know we're going to get to that too. Yes. But but the, the 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 I knew the Chargers were coming this season. And this is the best matchups you could have in sports. A champion who still has the pedigree, still has the talent, the desire, and a rising contender who is not afraid to come at to come at the champion, uh, to come at somebody mm-hmm. who's already achieved what they're in search of. Um, so a classic night, and I'm just I'm just glad that whoever is listening to this podcast is already satisfied, perhaps more than <laughs> once. <laughs> oh gosh. Man, this is like the most sin-filled opening well, we've ever had in this well, show. Quick, I got to call a timeout. I got to use one of my timeouts very early in the game here, which is not what you want, but it's so important. <laughs> what about that so time, that podcast time management, quick, coach? Quick, bad, bad time management. So that's Nate Taylor. He's in L.A. By the way, Nate, I just want to make sure that you're recording on your end because the Zoom audio is not going to be friendly because that L.A. internet has not been kind to you. Okay. But we can hear you. It's okay. okay. We can hear you. That's timeout number one. That's a little, that's, that's the, you know, I'm X's and O's on the whiteboard timeout. The, hey, let's check in with the team timeout for me right now is Seth. I have a simple question for you. Seth Kaiser, who's in Minnesota with Solid Internet. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Seth Kaiser, I have a question for you. Yes. Sir. A one word, yes or no answer. Are you ready? Yep. Did you listen to the remainder of Monday's podcast after you had to sign off? I did not. And okay. I know you asked. No, I didn't. I'm sorry for yes or no, but I got some mentions about it, and I was like, "I'll try to listen." So, what did you do? I I didn't do anything. Oh no! I I provided some foley work. Is all I'm saying. That's all right. I don't need. I just wanted to know, and I wanted our listeners to know if you knew. Frankly, I think that's even funnier than if you did listen to the rest of the show. Because oh, no. you just have to know. You just have to. You've got. You got the context clues. It was an unzip it, pull it out game. Nate knew that coming into this game. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Staley did that whole that Brandon Staley was Winnie the Pooh on the other sideline. <laughs> no secrets over there, his wardrobe. So he said, we're gonna we're gonna put it out there. You wanna Whatever see it? Happen is gonna happen. You wanna see it? Here it is, national television. Let's go. Here's my fourth and one. <laughs> I, I I they really they did everything for the most part right, like in terms of how you can make decisions um, in terms of trying to give yourself an edge in the best possible way. On a side note, I have no desire to enter the discourse regarding going for it on fourth down. Oh, I would also opt out of that t- for the today. I, I don't think anyone's that. talking about it in a good faith way. Mm-hmm. And because of that, both sides are refusing to even acknowledge whatever points the other side might have. It's like, he's, you know what? I am just going to say this. Yes, situational context should be factored in when making a decision in each individual situation. Correct. But yes, generalized numbers and statistics and odds should be factored in as well. They both should, and we as humans tend to overemphasize the former and underemphasize the latter. And so the goal isn't to always make decisions just based on the numbers because that would be stupid. The goal is to account for them as much as they should be accounted for. I think that's a fair way of phrasing it that I wish people would just agree on that rather than sitting there pounding on each other over, you know, how much each should count. But that's been driving me crazy. Like my, my timeline, it was, that was a classic game. That was an yeah. awesome game. My, my, 
Tucker stayed up with me, my oldest son. Um, like I, <laughs> so I got kicked out of my bedroom. <laughs> So I'm watching the game in our bedroom, and I, Nate, he I was refu- he refu- he's playing this game with his pants zipped up, man. I, I don't, mean, he doesn't listen. I mean, well, no, was. that was the. You know what? Nope, I will not be dragged into it. <laughs> Darn it! I really thought I might get you. There. Yeah, no, no, I. Uh, but so, so Jazz has been feeling just a little under the weather since we got back from Florida. Shout out to you guys for carrying the team. But literally, I, by the way, literally under the weather of Minnesota. Yeah, I know it's been bad, and so it was getting a little late, and I was tense. Like, it was just such a big game, and some of the things that were going wrong early were things that were just so irritating. And I was just really, really, really tense, and she was, I was like, "Hun, you know, do you want me to watch this somewhere else? She's like, I really do. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I, so I run downstairs to our kind of like toy room slash, I don't know, where the kids have their Xbox, and I don't know, whatever. And my son's down there watching something, I think some Anthony Bourdain show or something. And I was like, son, I love you. And I respect you as a young man who is becoming an adult. Give me the remote. (laughs) I I don't play the alpha card on my teenage kids very often because I think they should be learned to be respected as men. I was like, give me the remote or you're going to get hurt. (laughs) And and, and he was, obviously, he laughed and he gave me the remote. And so we turned it on and I was like, I'm really sorry to do this. But it just entered overtime, and I kind of explained a little game. He's like, well, now I want to watch this. I'm like, yeah, you do. And so he watched it with me. It was a classic game. It was awesome. There's so much to talk about. And then my Twitter mentions and Twitter feed is filled with people arguing over fourth down. And it just sucks the joy out of the game. I 100% agree with that. And I think I've maybe gotten slightly more discerning about the things that make it stop being fun maybe are not worth the discourse, at least in the game. If I was going to give one little quick thing, maybe this is more on the whole again, but Brandon Staley is a dude with a plan and a mindset and a strategy. He talked about it after the game, did not back down an inch. Keenan Allen didn't back down on it. I respect the hell out of that, man. I really do. To have a philosophy that is yours and that you are going to ride with that and it it helped them in the first matchup between these two teams and it hurt them in this one. Yep. I think you got to live with that if you're the Chargers. I just think... I think being aggressive all the time is probably going to end up helping and hurting a little bit or helping a little more than hurting than it would be to just play it safe all the time. That's what the numbers on the whole would indicate. I I, re- I respect the hell out of Brandon Staley having a specific mindset as a coach and a consistent strategy that he goes to. I'm sure it will evolve over the years, but I, I think they got a good one. I think they got a good head coach quarterback combo over there, and I liked watching them. And a, and, a, and a few things that I would add to everything you guys have said is you do not do this unless you have a upper echelon quarterback. Um, yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. And the Broncos have, shouldn't play this way. Yes, they, they, they have a yeah. quarterback where if you give him four downs inside the red zone, the odds should and likely will be in your favor. Um, the reason they won an arrowhead was because they were unafraid. Um, mm-hmm. And that is to their credit. What is also getting lost in this, and I'm going to write this today, is that offense on paper, if you just match it up, is better than the Chiefs' defense last night on paper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you have to give the Chiefs' defense credit. Uh, Tershawn Wharton didn't have his best game by any measure, but he made an incredible play to force the fumble at the goal line. Um, ben Neiman makes the recovery. Dan Sorensen 
use his intelligence just as much as his athleticism to understand the formation and the route combination to understand that it obviously was going to be a quick pass. And so he cheated a little bit and made the deflection. Um, it is unfortunate how the game began, but it's a yeah. dropped pass. Right. I mean, it just is. Um, and it's been great to see as we're recording this, uh, that the, that the tight end for the chargers is going to uh, likely be released today from the hospital. Yep. Um, I can give you the, the exact thing here from the Chargers yes. if you want, just to make sure we get sure. that, that exactly precise. The Chargers tweeted out just a little bit ago, uh, tight end Donald Parham Jr. stayed overnight at UCLA Harbor Medical Center for observation after being diagnosed with a concussion. He is resting comfortably, alert, and will likely be discharged from the hospital later today. So, yeah, obviously fabulous news. And one of the, um, I think, most sort of upsetting football injuries that I can remember yeah. watching live. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah, Joe Buck suggested that maybe he was cold. That was weird. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. The, the, the last thing I would do is criticize another broadcaster. The last thing, but you know, I, yeah, I'm not I'll, a doctor. Oh, <laughs> anytime somebody says that, it's like and stop. Um, <laughs> no, that was yeah. That that's my thought. Is anytime someone's like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yep. great. All right, and, and moving and moving on. <laughs> and moving on. So, so all of this is to say, like the Chiefs' defense, in my opinion, played better than expectations um, going into the game, considering that they did not have Chris Jones, they did not have Willie Gay, and oh, they did yeah, not have point. they did not have Legereus Need. Yeah. Um, like those guys matter, and they still produced at a high level. And uh, I will give Herbert this credit. He never challenged Tired Matthew. He was like, why in the world would I do that? Um, <laughs> but those those fourth down plays are, are analytically, and in my opinion, the fabric of the game, totally appropriate. If you believe you have the play calls, the quarterback, and the talent around the quarterback to execute. They just didn't execute uh, at a higher level than the Chiefs defense did. And sometimes... We in our football consciousness need to acknowledge that sometimes the defense plays well, even if it doesn't look flashy, even if it doesn't look um, as sexy as <laughs> scoring touchdowns on fourth down. Here are my two quibbles. I would have kicked the field goal to end the half, to end the first half. Yeah. Because that was coming off a turnover. Um if my memory is correct. And I, I just think the Chiefs are getting the ball back to start the second half anyway. Kicking a field goal there is an appropriate hedge, in my opinion, between mm-hmm. zero points and seven. Mm-hmm. And then my second one is, if you go up seven with, you know, about two minutes left in the game, or excuse me, if you go up seven with about um, nine minutes left in the game, this is in this is in the middle of the fourth quarter. Uh, if you've been this aggressive on fourth down, you you might consider going for two to see if you can push it to a nine point lead and make it a two score game. Those are my two issues with, with Staley, but overall, I thought his thought process was necessary because we've been asking coaches 
who actually have a better roster than Matt Rules to coach like Matt Rule yeah. did. Um, yeah. You know, and so uh, I don't think he should get criticized. I just think the Chargers are the one team in the division that understands what is necessary. Um, but you also got to execute at a high level, which also makes you or should make you appreciate the hell you just watched in that last 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Sometimes it doesn't matter, right? Like sometimes you never had a legitimate chance. I am convinced that no matter what happened in the first three quarters of that game, barring the Chiefs defense having a complete total meltdown, which they couldn't stop anyone or get the ball back, whatever, right? I think as long as that game was within some semblance of control by Patrick Mahomes, I think they were going to win that game. That is what I would like to spend the next several minutes talking about. Let's drill in on that one for me, Seth, because that feeling was so nice to have back in a football game again. It really was. And by the time they got to the overtime drive, I knew it was, I mean, he was just locked in. And it's funny because it came on a day where he he made some bad throws and he even said that. He dirted one. He dirted one. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Um, and there's actually, for the first quarter, Mahomes clearly outplayed Herbert. The second quarter, Mahomes had barely any snaps. Third quarter, Herbert clearly outplayed Mahomes. Fourth quarter and overtime, they both were fire-breathing dragons. Yeah. It's just Mahomes was better. And, and, and But, I mean, to be fair, he had some short-arm throws. He had some, even on, like, some of these final drives where they scored, he made a couple of terrible throws. I think the way that um, the Chargers' defensive ends were cheating – for those quick outlet passes yes. is something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. That said, that's something that's also very exploitable through the by by the quarterback just running through the B gap, which he which, did. Which he did, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he 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 resumed his 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 career long um, that was temporarily defeated by Micah Parsons his career long habit of being slightly faster than the guy chasing him. I, I, every time he runs away from someone, I just remember that comment that, you know, he would have run a 4140 if Tyreek Hill had been chasing him at the combine. <laughs> I've always just thought that is the funniest thing. Um, they, there's sometimes it just doesn't matter. And that that really did return for them. It became inevitable, even on an off day. Now, Derwin James going out was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they would have played completely different coverages against Kelsey had James been in. I don't know. But I, I just would note that, you know, to talk about doing everything right, sometimes you can do everything right and it just doesn't matter. And I guess the best example I could give for that, since I, I think right now he's about to fight someone who's a little younger than me and apparently a boxer, I could fight Mike Tyson <laughs> and do everything correctly. <laughs> and it's just not going to matter. Like, mm-hmm. and... I, I would never do that because I'm not a crazy person, but the, the, you can do everything correctly. And sometimes it just doesn't matter. And sometimes, and that's where I think some of the conversation in numbers and stuff gets lost because these aren't numbers. These are players. And mm-hmm. sometimes players just make good plays. Sometimes Nick Bolton, a guy who, if you trust the numbers of what you see, like with next gen stats and all this stuff is a poor coverage guys. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he knocks the snot out of your stud receiver at the two-yard line, and knocks the ball out. And has, like, a punch-out pass breakup yeah. later in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, football, uh, that, uh, football uh, baby. Uh, on, film, he, on film, I know you're going to charge these snaps, Seth, and I'm I'm so fascinated to see what the conclusion will be of this. But 
to my eyes, in the moment of live tw- mm-hmm. all 22, he looked <laughs> way better than in week three when the Chargers yes. also mm-hmm. exploited the living daylights out of him because he was a rookie. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he got he got worked over in week three in coverage. I, and, um, can I can only, I can I yeah. snap in on one thing here? That can all be true. One of the things that's exhausting to me is the idea that he either didn't actually get worked in week three or he wasn't actually good yesterday. No, that happens all the time. Yeah. Fo- football players have good games and bad games and growth and regression, and that happens all over. And Nick Bolton is on a bit of a heater right now. And if that's how he continues to evolve as a player, I I will be able to happily eat my words and go, yeah, that pick turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. Does mm-hmm. and that doesn't matter right now. He had a he had a fabulous game with some big moments yesterday. That doesn't he, that that doesn't offset what his weaknesses have been up to this point. And that never meant that he was never going to be able to to grow in those weaker parts of his game. That's the beauty of it. Right. And we we talked about, and I'm only about 10 coverage snaps in. I'm going to look at all of them because I really want to talk about kind of the traits he showed and what he brought. But I got to be really clear that, you know, one game doth not a player make. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've had, we've had you know, really dominant looking pass rush performances in individual games from Treshawn Wharton, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's going to happen consistently. It's what you do over the course of full seasons, that really determines stuff. And that's why projecting stuff based on traits is always dangerous. That's why the draft is so stinking hard to hit, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say that he looked a great deal more comfortable in zone. And he looked a great deal more comfortable in coverage. And it looked like he was processing everything faster. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna be writing about this, but he's never he's never gonna improve his athleticism, right? He is who he is there. He's never going to be Willie Gay, you know, where he just shrinks the field by being an unbelievable athlete. But there are adequate coverage linebackers who don't have great athleticism because they recognize what's going on around them. And he was looking that way. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Chiefs had him out there as the dime linebacker. Yeah, And that's that's an interesting shift from what they've done in the past. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I am upset with us for getting 20 minutes into this podcast without saying, actually, I think I said the name early, without spending any time on the name of Travis Kelsey. Because he was on a stretch here of these last couple of games, he had been beaten up and not had enormous games for a little while, but he was on a legitimately, like, not disappearing stretch, but a quiet stretch, not just by his standards, but, like, by a a top-level, number-one kind of tight end standards, he'd had a quiet couple of weeks in terms of overall production. And then he went 10 for 191 with two of the plays, I think, that will at least make his yards after catch highlight reel whenever he is inducted into Canton. One, the one to end this game, will be an all-timer Travis Kelsey highlight forever. I tweeted out a screen cap of where he was when he caught the ball and started to like plant his foot. I That play shouldn't have turned into a first down, much less a touchdown 30 yards out from the end zone. If Travis Kelsey has played better football, I would. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a, a game... But I'm not sure it's by very much, or if there is one, I can't think of it. This was as good of a game as I think just about any tight end in the history of the sport could put together. It was, and I enjoyed it so much. And he went down at the one a couple of times. He he almost had a three or four touchdown game. <laughs> um, he's the best route runner to ever play the position at that size with that level of athleticism. And yeah, um. It's just it's just amazing to me um, the growth that Kelsey's had over the course of his career, um, both personally and as a football player. Um, and what he sort of explained last night, and I, I rewatched the game, and obviously the the, 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 the walk off touchdown play, and it's it's so hard to describe. Let alone, I was like, how do I write this? <laughs> like it's you know it's it's so <laughs> funny when you're like how you know. I think I'm decent at my job. I can string some words together. How the hell do I write about the way he weaved in and out of traffic on that touchdown? That was a, like, how do you translate a check down in the middle of the field into not being touched when you're not Barry Sanders? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's not even Tyreek Hill. Like, But the way he explained it after the game, I thought was was fascinating because he's reached the true master level of intelligence when it comes to football. And his quote, which I thought was just so like it, it, it is it was almost the the thing I learned the most fascinating thing I learned last night. Um, yes, Mahomes is just otherworldly good. We we have established this. Um, but Kelsey talked about the idea of like, okay, you 
you have to know the time and score and the down situation. So it's first and ten. We just want to get yards. Um, he's gotten very good this year about if I catch the ball in space, I want to get upfield as soon as possible. But it's how you get upfield. It is mm-hmm. understanding the zone coverage that the Chargers were in. He knew that Byron Pringle was behind, like his, like Byron Pringle's route meant that this defender should be in this spot as I catch the ball. And he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I've turned. Now I'm going to understand leverage and using my body. And Mahomes kind of described it as like he sort of tilts his shoulder pads one direction or the other, and it makes the defender think he's going a certain way, but it's a complete setup move so that he can plant his feet and and change the leverage into his favor. And then I think something that surprised the Chargers throughout the game and one of the more you know depressing parts of this, one of the small footnotes that like I know Charger fans are going to hold dear to is Duran James wasn't out there because mm-hmm. he was playing through another injury. Because it frustrates me because those are like they're a matchup made in football heaven is Derwin James versus Travis Kelsey. But Travis Kelsey can't sprint by everybody in the secondary. That's impossible. Like that can't happen. It's impossible. It can't happen. And so he does all these creative things. He understands where everybody is on the field. He has eyes in the back of his head as he's catching the football. He understands where he needs to be. He's played quarterback position before, so he understands, okay, this is when the ball should be coming based on time. And now I've used everybody else to my advantage. And you know how few football players can do that against world-class athletes? It's just stunning. And then he runs by you, which is probably the most, like, gut-wrenching thing. It's just like, oh, Cool. He had he had a nice move. He understood where I was on the field. Okay, that's fine. Why is he running by me? <laughs> Kelsey doesn't look fast, right? He his his cuts don't look fast. He just and I mean he's a really big guy, but like he doesn't look fast. But guys just can't they can't cover him and they can't catch him and it's consistently hilarious. I, I didn't realize he still had that gear that he had on a couple of those plays. Just because I kind of assumed now that's still for what it's worth. I still don't that's not the gear that he had when he was, you know, 24. Because that gear was freakish. But he still like corners have a hard time running him down. Yes. Yeah. Because his top speed is still world class. And that's, I didn't expect that because once he, (laughs) the world, it's like, uh, it really is while like watching James Harden play basketball a little bit, or actually, you know what? I'm going to go back to when I actually watched basketball because I just don't have time for anything anymore. It's like watching Manu Ginobili make the slowest (laughs) Euro steps (laughs) through the paint. And like these world-class athletes are like diving out of his way. And you're like, how does that work? But it does over the course of like 15 years, time after time. And so eventually you're just like, that must just be impossible to deal with when you're on the field. Um, Kelsey's so, so great. I had someone ask um, when I was uh, doing a live video thing with Ryan Tracy after the game, uh, if 
Travis Kelsey is a top five chief of all time. And I, I had to say yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, he and, is. And, that, and there's going to be a lot of people who love like the old school players and that let's, kind of stuff. Let's go but through here's it. What I would say. Let's go through it. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn but, Dawson. And, <laughs> yeah, before we name any players, okay, let me okay. just let's note something here. This is, I think we can establish one thing as a fact. This right now, this last five years or four years, and now let's include the fifth year. We'll include the, the last year of Alex Smith. This is the best stretch in Chiefs history. The most it's, successful stretch. It, it, it's the best stretch in NFL history for an offense. Yep. And not just for an offense, though, but for the Chiefs in terms of team success. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Because right. they won a Super Bowl. They made it to another Super Bowl. Made it to... The AFC, AFC championship, championship game. Yep. Yeah. Besides that, um, made the playoffs every year, and so like in terms of have, team success, have, so like have won the division every single year. Yep, mm-hmm. won the division every single year, dominating their division. Um, Patrick, in, Patrick Patrick Mahomes hasn't lost a road divisional game yet in his career. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. And, and, it, and, and, so, it, and it's more than ten guys. It's, it's yeah, twelve and up. And so you 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 can you look at that, and I think you can say this is the most successful Chiefs era. In history, and that should carry some weight, some weight, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand longevity carries some weight, but also greatness and relative to your peers has to carry weight. And that's where it becomes you combine those two things, and there are not six other players in Chiefs history that have been the best or tied for the best at their position for like seven or eight straight years set multiple NFL records and been part of the team during its most successful run. Like there's just his, his resume and his resume is far from complete. Yeah. It's just impact on It's unimpeachable. When you look at his stats, six years in a row, a thousand yards receiving the, the highest before him was what four? No, I think when he did it four times, it was the record. I think it was three before that. Yeah. Good Lord. No one else has no one else has done it even like five in their in, in their entire career in different eight different years or something crazy like that. I mean Gronk has un- Gronk has hit four thousand or excuse me, whoa, that would be impressive. Gronk has hit <laughs> one thousand yards four times in in four disjointed seasons. Fourteen and fifteen, he did it back to back. And that's where like Travis Kelsey's stats have reached a point that like people don't even notice. When you yes. look at his pro football reference page, he 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 looks like it looks like an all pro wide receiver. You know how many times Tony Gonzalez caught the for over a thousand yards? Don't do it. Total? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm afraid how low that number is gonna be. Four times his whole career. Oh man. Four times. Kelsey's done it six years in a row. In a row. In a row. And it's it's unbelievable. And you could say, well, he has Mahomes throwing the ball. There's been other elite quarterbacks. Well, it's a new era. There's been plenty of tight ends in the new era. And and and, and, and look and look, Bill Belichick gave the gave the Bill Belichick gave yep. the the formula for at least trying to combat him, which is beat the living you know what out of him. Which teams have tried to do all year. Yep. Also, I'm gonna do the quick math here. Uh yep, we're good. He's averaging more than a thousand yards for every season. If you were going to stretch it out, uh, his rookie year, I guess, would change the math a little bit when he missed the whole season. But year two and three, he was in the high eight hundreds. Like it's not like like he he's a, he's about to cross nine thousand yards receiving in eight career <coughs> seasons where he's actually played. Right, 
And really, the problem in 2014, 2015 is they should have targeted him more. Yeah. I mean, he, he, ever since he has been the centerpiece of the offense, and look, Tyreek Hill has a strong argument, I think, for the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's had some yips with his hands this year at times, but my God in heaven, that catch down the left <laughs> sideline. Did you see the one know. route that I, I can't remember who it was tweeted it's, it out, but Ted, the replay Ted, of that one yeah, route Ted in the middle? Yin, yeah, Ted Yin. Was it Ted Nguyen? Yeah, Ted Nguyen, yeah. Good Lord, man. How I, did he? He, he had to leave a divot in the in artificial turf, right? Like, <laughs> like a burn mark or something with his heel? I don't. No, it, it was know. just it, it was just unbelievable things Hill does. But I would say, I mean, Travis Kelsey is the guy. This is, I think there will be a day where it's obviously always going to be the Patrick Mahomes era. Yep. But I think we're going to divide the Patrick Mahomes era into into different like subsections, sub yes. eras, if you will. Yes. <clears throat> and undoubtedly, one of them will be the Travis Kelsey era. Yeah. And and hopefully they extend Tyreek Hill and 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 they keep him around for a while because he's he's a stud. He's on his way to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so good, so is, good. I, is is Travis Kelsey better than Bobby Bell? Yes. Is Travis Kelsey better than Willie Ladier? Yes. I'm gonna let Seth answer all of these about no, older no, players because no, Seth's older than me, this. and he's is, gonna. I, get I, I, I'm asking: Is he better? I mean, I I don't really need to ask this. Is he better than Len Dawson? Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, so look, you could do it by prominence. You could do it by production value. You could do it by um, obviously leading the team towards success. Um, it doesn't matter how you want to sort of categorize it. I mean, Travis Kelsey is is I I agree. He's he's a top five player in the franchise's history. Um, and obviously, you know, Mahomes is in there. Uh, I think Kelsey's in there. Derek Thomas is just the honorary inductee. Like he can't, you can't, yep. yeah. can't leave him. Uh, so that's three right there. Um, you know, I would say that Bobby Bell was an absolute freak. He was Micah Parsons before Micah mm-hmm. Parsons. Uh, yep. In terms of NFL, like why is he? Why is he playing defense? Uh, <laughs> um, back in the day, <laughs> uh, Tony Gonzalez is incredible. But even Tony helped Gonzalez, helped he, change the position. Yes. enormously important, not yes. just in Chiefs history, but in the NFL. Yes, even but even and Tony, but even Tony Gonzalez would tell you that Travis Kelsey is playing the position at a higher level. Yeah. Yep. He would. I. I. If I recall, he has. He's been quoted as saying that he thinks Kelsey's better. If I am I recalling that correctly, I swear. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 not been afraid. Um, even before, and and I would and I would give Tony credit this too. Like even before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2019, he had already sort of started to tell us um, in the media and obviously the public that no, what you're watching right now is a guy who who has who has taken the next step. Who was um, to to Josh's point, who has carried on the legacy and is going to be hopefully whoever that next player is, is what I have been for him. And obviously it helped mm-hmm. that, you know, they played in this on the, on the same team, you know, or the same franchise basically. And they were able to communicate pretty early on in Kelsey's career. Um, but even before 
the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2019. I, I remember when they when they inducted Tony in the Ring of Honor. Uh, I don't know if it was the, it was the 2018 season or the 2019 season. He basically said like, "No, like you haven't even seen the best of Kelsey," and he was right. Cause mm-hmm. look at this. Like he is <laughs> he look. Football is a physical game. It is violence. It is legislated violence. Let's never forget that. As we try to run across the middle, catch a football, make a guy miss, make another guy miss, and let me sprint by everybody. But it's a violent game. And I think the season for Travis Kelsey changed when he got hit uh, in the head-neck area late in the loss to the Buffalo Bills in Week 5. And then you could Mm -hmm. tell it hurts, dog. (laughs) Like, to keep playing. Mm -hmm. But But here's the... Here's the true level of greatness, leadership. Um, you're better than the backup option, and you're capable of playing. So go out there and play. Go out there and lead. Go out there and find other ways to help the team be successful. And then when it's in the absolute we-gotta-have-it portion of the season, you can still produce at that high of a level. Um, when the quarterback says, I-, I need I need a sidekick, and – um, Travis, in my estimation, was that guy uh, because with nine minutes left in the game, who was who was Patrick looking for? He's looking for Kelsey. This yeah. isn't this isn't a secret. Like the Chargers know this. And what I can't understand for the life of me, fellas, is we have praised Brandon Staley for his astute coaching ability, for him understanding his opponent. And trying to get the most out of his team. He is a really, really good coach. And if I was a Denver Broncos fan, I'd be furious. But they blitzed this man 12 times last night. Yeah, no, yeah. that including on including one of those early ones, the, the first one on the left side to Kelsey in, in overtime. In overtime. Like that, that was that was unbelievably Poor decision making. Uh, so they blitzed this man twelve times. Mahomes, who we have told everybody, who even listens or listens or is heard from a friend of a friend or the quality control <laughs> assistant that you should probably listen to, Coach. He went ten of twelve for two hundred twenty-five yards. Two touchdowns. Unbelievable. Now the one interception is not is not part of the blitz. It's just an it's just an amazing individual play by yeah that was a great by, play. I can't what's his, uh, I, where's my sheet? Is it um Mosu? Yeah, no, a couple yeah. of a couple of consonants at the beginning there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I was trying to remember who the defender was, but like that's more of an individual play versus you know the blitz actually getting to the quarterback. But again, yeah, 12, 10 of twelve, two twenty five, two TDs, and. Ooh, just my goodness. Um, by the way, when Patrick Mahomes scrambled, which I had kind of suggested he should start to do uh, to unlock the offense a little bit more, and this is all provided by, mm-hmm. by Next Gen Stats, uh, mm-hmm. outside the numbers, <laughs> 15 of 26, 256 touchdown. It's the most NFL yards outside the numbers this season. Because they blitzed this Something man. worth noting with Something worth noting with these blitzes, and I just I just have to jump in and point this out. Not only is it insane to blitz Mahomes just for his own sake, right? Because it mm-hmm. plays directly into the things that he does extremely well. Mm-hmm. 
it also plays into how exceptional their two superstars are at getting yards after the catch because you've got mm. one or two fewer guys to In corral coverage. Travis Kelsey. Yes. Yeah, it, yes. and, and you need every angle you can get when Tyreek Hill has the ball. You need everyone you can get because Travis Kelsey is not often going to get brought down by that first guy in space. He's just people forget because he's not like this, like shredded type dude. I mean, he's big, but people forget how big a human he is. And so you're asking this some corner by himself who weighs maybe a buck 95, 200 pounds to bring down a dude they call Zeus. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not fair. And, and he's also he's so fast and he moves so well. It's just and this, that's the other thing about blitzing that I just wanted to, to note that like yeah. that's part of why the yards get so out of hand is because suddenly you're trying to run down Travis Kelsey and you've only got five guys to do it. And that just doesn't work. Andy Reid mentioned something that will be in an upcoming athletic article. And I just want to read the quote word for word because um, he said it in a way that's like, I know you've said it, coach, but you've actually said it really. He actually said it really well last night. And I wonder if fans understand exactly what they're watching with, with Tyreek Hill. Uh, quote, his endurance for a fast guy is phenomenal. It's hard to find one in this league that can run with his speed play after play after play. And all that tells me is there ain't no DB in the world who can do this play after play after play. Yeah. And so if you blitz him, I'm already winded. (laughs) Why are we blitzing him? (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, people, people get exhausted. He must be, I think about that all the time. He must be in just absolutely unbelievable shape. Like, he, it feels like he could just run around forever. Mm. And that can't be true. <laughs> can it? You know, I, I he cramps. Know. He cramps like a human being would cramp, you know? He so we got to. that at least. I just wonder what kind of mile he'd run. I genuinely wonder. Because I know, like, the, the world record for a mile is just something insane. But doesn't it feel like Tyreek Hill, it's just a mile. He'll cover it so fast. Doesn't it feel like Tyreek Hill can sprint for like one minute straight, I think <laughs> I think that if Patrick Mahomes could throw a football a mile just to give him that to track, yeah. then he could beat. It's sort of how Patrick Mahomes is is point one seconds faster than whoever is chasing him. I think Tyreek Hill is just gonna get under any football. Yeah, I, I, it's just an interesting thought experiment for me. The other one being that he would be literally the greatest free safety the game had ever seen. Hmm. I think about that a lot. Little NFL street play both sides action. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I, I think that I think that we have appropriately enjoyed what the Chiefs offense did there. If there's anything else, you guys can feel free to let me know. Um, but uh, hey, you but, you point to the defense. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, no, hit I, me. Yeah, yeah. Let's do, let's, let's wrap say, up the offense because I want to get to the defense for at least a little bit. I was just gonna say, uh, Lucas Niang up and down, but he was a warrior. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Got the start over Wiley, who was active, but but yes. did go in questionable. Um, McCall Hardman. It's just been a tricky season, my friend, because they 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 schemed he the hell out. He was where he needed to be for they, nine points. They, 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 they eight. Yeah, they schemed the hell out of it, and it just just been that kind of year, my man. Uh, yep. But but this will be this will be a um, 
this will be another sort of challenge test for his professionalism, right? Uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to continue to find ways, and I think that's most encouraging. I think if you're a Chiefs fan, it's like McColl isn't completely out of the offense. There is, There are ways to get him the football based on his skill set, and the coaching staff has started to, to show that consistently over the last two weeks. Um, and so you hope the production store sorts of, sorts of comes along. But I, I did I did think a lot about McCall Hardman, just the idea of like, um, man, you know, it, it was not his fault. Yeah, he was he was he should have had a touchdown and a two point conversion, probably like on very similar looking little routes. Mm-hmm. Holmes darted one. Um, OK, I want to I want to talk about the defense and Seth, I want to give you the first crack at this part of it. We talked a lot leading up to the game after we found out that Chris Jones is going to be out. There was a lot of talk about, all right, no Rashawn Slater. Trey Pipkins is going to be out there. What can Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram do? And I'm not going to try to take this game and come up with a real negative slant on it. That doesn't sound like that much fun to me. However, Chris Jones not being on that defensive line, Seth, I don't know if this is too strong to say, was a big negative for the Chiefs defense not having Chris Jones. Is that too strong of a statement? It's not too strong of a oh, statement. Oh, thank goodness. Chris, Chris Jones is the is the best player on that defense. Yep. Um, now, and that's what, with all due respect to Tyron Matthew, who's an ex Yeah, I was about to be like, does Tyron Matthew not exist on this team? No. Seth's Matthew, been on this for years, and I, I think you're right. Matthew is a great player, and he might be more – he might be more important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, that's two I, now, different things. Now we can. Sh- okay, ladies and gentlemen, let us let keep the cameras on us. I am walking across the aisle and shaking <laughs> this hand's man, shaking this, <laughs> shaking this man's hand. Okay. This I, don't, hand's I, man. I don't know if I'm the conservative. I don't know if I'm the liberal, but we have agreed. Chris Jones is the best player on defense. Tyron Matthew is the most important. Correct. I mean, and don't, and, look. I mean, don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. You know, if you went back and watched Week One or whatever. But you know, it's fine. That's. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, I would. So, I, they're one and two. 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 <laughs> they're first and second. Don't tweet me. What? What? We had a nice. We had a nice. We had a nice press conference where the cameras were out here and we were being civil. And then you just want to throw this out here at us. I'm just I'm, look. I don't and I listen. You put me on the other side of the aisle you want here, but I I am I am the <laughs> far wing extremist, and I want to cause some trouble. Yeah. All right. So I, I'm I storming just... your press conference. I'm wearing a Viking helmet, and I would like to say that Chris Jones is also the most important player on this defense. There you go. And I think you can see I'm in your with office how, with how Spagnola wants to build the defense with pressure being you know the number one thing. Jones's importance becomes even greater, right? Because he is the guy who generates the most pressure. And it's not, I mean, to say that about Matthew, I think Jones would be the most important and best player on his, on his uh, uh, like what, 25 defenses in the NFL? Mm-hmm. He's that good a pass rusher. And not only is he that good a pass rusher, his ability to do it on third down, you know what I mean? Those, those, those high leverage downs. Every single game, there are at least three snaps that Chris Jones single-handedly destroys the offense. That the value of that is off the charts, especially if it's on like a third down, right? Because that means you, one guy, killed a drive. You killed it, 
And Jones does that, and we kind of take it for granted. Um, but to talk about the difference between like best and most important, I'll, I'll, how about this? Something else we learned last night, and I'll come back to Chris Jones in a second here. Something else we learned last night, Willie Gay Jr. isn't one of the four best players on the Chiefs defense, but he is one of the four most important. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, so, so boy, Timber, some Timber would like to agree with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, September and the difference. And hey, Nick Bolton. One reason it wasn't as disastrous is because Nick Bolton played his tail off. Mm-hmm. But you could see the difference in the speed at the second level, and that's not just on runs to the sideline or throws to the sideline. It's runs up the middle too, because the ability to close holes and gaps quickly and redirect runners quickly and arrive with physicality. Willie Gay Jr. can do all of that. He's I think a very, can, very important player. I think you can make the argument that the Chiefs held on defensively last night without three of their five most important defenders. Because obviously, tweets and jokes aside, obviously Tyron Matthew is high on that list. Yep. And then you could you could do something with Frank Clark if you wanted. Um, you, if you wanted to nitpick on corners, I guess you could you know you could go with Traverius Ward over Legarius Sneed if you wanted to. I think Sneed's versatility is super interesting. Um, yep. Maybe it's Hitchens. Maybe it's somebody else I haven't named yet. I don't know. But I mean, I think Jones, Gay, and Sneed as as three of five, maybe three of six. If you guys wanted to nitpick in there it's somewhere, three of but, six at most. Yeah, three I mean, who else? I don't most. know if I'm missing. I don't know. I, 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 think, think... I think it's three. Half of their six most important defenders didn't play in this game, and it's that yep. includes that includes one or two, and four and five or something like that. Yep, and that's so, hard to and, and that's a big deal. So you can see the difference. So the pass rush, I don't think the pass rush was bad last night um, because I, I had some people in my mentions talking about that. I think Justin Herbert's awesome. Yeah. He's great, and he he made a half dozen snaps that should have been probably killed by the pass rush. He made plays out of them. And you can't judge the pass rush based on that. You're just playing a mutant. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's like, you can't judge that poor, uh, chargers. Oh, I think it was Chris Harris jr. Wasn't it? He gets through, he grabs Mahomes, and the blitz worked. He's like, man, I'm going to duck around Orlando Brown. Cause I am half his size and twice as fast. Um, and I got him. Except Mahomes is a bigger, stronger dude than people realize, mm. and he shrugs him off and completes a pass. That's not on the pass rush. That just it happens. Sure. Sometimes you get beat. So I don't think Clark or Ingram, Ingram in particular, I don't think they played bad games. I think you see, though, what happens when you don't have that elite presence. Particularly from the interior, right? Like, yeah, because that's yeah. that is that is the quickest way to, to disrupt the pocket. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the way Jones does it. With yeah. you know, it's Aaron Donald esque. It's like ball is snapped, and now you've got a dude right in your face. And also because Jones often does it with power, he you you cut off escape valves. You it, there's just all sorts of stuff that happens there. So I think that is something. I mean, it showed how reliant the Chiefs' defense is on one of its two most elite players, which we already knew that, right? It's kind of like when people say, you know, if you uh, you took Travis Kelsey on the offense, it wouldn't be nearly as good. <laughs> well, yes, that that's that's accurate. <laughs> and if my bank account had half as much money, I'd be poorer. 
That's true. <laughs> like, I was like, thank you for that valuable information. Oh. You know, you know, if this tree was half as tall, it wouldn't be so tall. If you okay. took the roof off your house, you'd get rained on a lot more often. Yeah, man, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, these are all, yeah. You know, that, t- that car would run here as well with only three tires. There's all sorts of things we could say here. Um, your so car that, would that run is... as well with only three tires. Was really, I like that one a lot. <laughs> now, are, now are the two tires in the front or in the back? Where you can flee with... You can flee with three tires uh, from law enforcement and get a long ways. Really? So, That's good yeah. to know. Fun I mean, fact. You learn something. You learn something no, 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 applicable for caught. your life. Every, oh. You'll get caught. Oh, okay. But you'll get you'll get a couple miles down the road on three tires. Um, are we me... talking about? Hold on. I'm sorry, Nate. I got. I'm sorry, Nate. If you could just hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, sure, are continue. we talking about one tire is very flat and like there's a rim there? Or are you talking about literally there's not <laughs> there's a, a wheel? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because the idea of being able to do it without the rim even there is really intriguing to me. I, You know what? I wonder with the way cars are weighted, and someone who listens to this has to be some kind of car mechanic or car designer or something. Uh-huh. With the way – with the, how cars have all their weight up front, you know, with the engine, if you were oh. completely missing – like the right rear tire. That's the one I was envisioning missing for kind some of, reason. Would it kind of float almost? I'm guessing it would drag, but, but less than it would drag if it was in the front, I would have to think. We're qualified yeah. to talk about this. Sorry, Nate, go ahead with your silly football thing. Audience, we just love that you listen to this podcast. We just, I really do, man. We love I, it. I, I feel like, I feel very safe on, on doing this show. You know, yes. I feel like our audience is very welcoming of what this show is and has become. And I genuinely appreciate that so much because it's not always that way. Um, in terms of the pass rush, one thing that you could that you could see uh, from everyone not named Joey Bosa uh, was the 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 attrition and the and the buildup of, of playing Thursday night football. Um, and I and I think yeah. we need to take that into account too. Like um, mm. there were times where I looked at the sideline and I was like, "Oh, Frank Clark's not in the game just because." Who's winded? Because like this is the second game in five days. <laughs> like this is mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's right. This sport mm-hmm. is stupid at times, um, and it and it does sort of, you know, all of this is sort of matchup um, related. But I, I think I think Melvin Ingram didn't try to get outside of of who he was, which I thought was appropriate. Like he didn't he didn't play um, an unusual game because he was facing the Chargers for the first time. In in a, in a you know in a, in a revenge game type scenario, um, I thought he stayed pretty disciplined in his rush lanes. I thought Frank Clark got there a couple times, but you don't remember it because Justin Herbert. How in the hell did he complete that? Like, dude, yeah, there was there were some throws in that stadium from Justin Herbert that I was just like, <sighs> people get to see this every other Sunday. Like, this is. This is nuts. Uh, Mike Hughes also had a really good game, but he was getting cooked and not because of the receiver. Like, I, as someone who used to play the cornerback position in high school, I think we should designate, like, I'm out here getting cooked because of the ball placement, okay? Not because of the receiver. <laughs> like, I am getting right. – I am toast because – did you see how he just threaded that? Like, dog! Um, yeah. So, just, Justin Herbert is is awesome. And look, Melvin Ingram to Andy Reid's point: his best contribution was coin toss decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and the the beautiful thing about this game is 
yes, the Chiefs pass rush was not as impactful or as in, as impressive as in the past. But that was bound to happen uh, because they were they were just destroying people for like four weeks straight. Um, they are playing on Thursday night, so guys didn't have as much wind as I think they would normally have. Um, it, it's such an emotional game. I think this game was much more taxing on the body than Sunday against the the Raiders. Um, and it's obviously a good thing that they took most of the most important guys out um, midway or early in the fourth quarter of that game because they knew a night like this could be coming. And then secondly, uh, Joey Bosa must wake up today and feel like, what more can I give? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you, sir, that's exactly what Von Miller used to used to feel like. Like, what more can I give? And there's this fine line of, 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 of Coach Daly saying, hey, we got to stay disciplined and we can't let him scramble out. And like, you know, but, but – Joey Bosa's speed rush was was winning. And to Seth's point, it it didn't matter. So I found a video called Seeing is Believing, Car Driving on Three Wheels with One Wheel Missing, God is in Control, November 2017. And I'm going to go ahead and send that in the Zoom chat to you guys. And I found another video of a car missing the front passenger wheel. And there are a lot of sparks. He does stop at a stoplight successfully, but it's not great. Um, this one though, it, the, the, the right rear of this car is absolutely not touching the ground. It's not driving very well, but it is the right rear is, is hanging in the air. Um, you need, yeah, apparently if you got a strong enough suspension and a vehicle that's light enough in the back, it can be done. And then, I mean, no one's ever accused me of being light in the back, so that won't do me any good, but. Have we been heavier on the innuendo during this? <laughs> yeah, it started okay, last me, week, and it's Nate's fault. Yeah, you know what? You know, that figures. Yeah, I go away, and I see what happens here. I just, you know, I'm going to... Romans 5 just takes over. Yep, you got it. So, bring us back. <laughs> so I'm going to tweet was, this out, and I'm, I'm going to tweet it without any context. So if you want to see like the it. video, you can see it at JB Briscoe. But everyone who's not listening to this is going to be so confused. And this podcast will not be released for several hours. <laughs> well, I, just for what it's worth with all the innuendo, I, I, I made Ryan speechless last night when we were doing the game because I said Tyree Kill's whole body has ball skills. And he just lost his mind. And I was like, really? How old are we? No, not you guys too. But like. It's funny to me to think of Ryan losing it there. No, because he was just like, what are you? Yeah, it was Ryan's so professional. But so just something to note, and it has nothing to do with anything. But, you know, we kind of got dragged off and poor Joey Bosa, I agree. How did Tyreek Hill catch that ball? I don't know. Nate, you were there. You were there. What was that? Trying to see that play from the press box. So trying to see it from the press box was uh, uh oh okay there's a flag yep makes sense yep. okay uh that'll that'll he caught it <laughs> like that's what the reaction was it was like two beats late it was like everybody's like okay we see the pass and yeah that looks like yeah that's pi that's pi all right um that'll set up what where where are they in the field what he caught that like what. <laughs> Like we're, you're thinking about like, well, how will you know where would the next play be set up, and uh, why is he celebrating? Oh, is he celebrating because he got the flag? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he caught the. Oh, he caught that. What? Um. Yeah, it's just the thing that Chiefs fans can um hold dear to their hearts 
is, yes, the team that you root for has Patrick Mahomes, and that has never changed since we gave you that prescription very early this season. But this looks like a team that is capable of winning just about any type of game now. Mm. And that always serves you in January. Um, Because January, uh, you know, I've been on this earth 34 years. And let me tell you, January gets tricky. You know, sometimes you might be down 24 nothing. You know, sometimes a team completely changes who they are in a in a week, and you gotta adjust in the moment. And when I mean that team, y'all know which team I'm talking about. It's a team coached by Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna need greatness in January, but how you arrive there is usually not in a more conventional manner. You just you just don't kick off and it's not like week four. We dominated from start to finish. We handled our business, yada, yada, yada. You are going to have to go through a rigorous journey um, that, that you know is difficult, but you don't know how or why it will be difficult. And teams who experience um, certain situations in a regular season, that can all serve as lessons and it can all serve as information as to how you get your team ready for uncharted territory. And even though the Chiefs have been the back-to-back Super Bowls, this upcoming January will be different than in years past. It just will. Um, But the good thing for this team compared to their contemporaries, particularly in the AFC, is that they they have done it, they are capable of doing it, and the quarterback is getting better even when he has stretches of not playing that well. The defense is getting better even when their best players aren't, or some of their best players are not on the field. Um, The coaching staff has gotten a lot better about their adjustments and their personnel packages and how they want to, um, how they want to attack their opponent. All of this is to say is that there's no other team like this in the AFC. Um, Yes, the Patriots will be prepared, but they have a rookie quarterback. Uh, the Colts are a fascinating team because they're, they're, they might be zigging when everybody's zagging. Yet, it's a first time for Carson Wentz with his teammates in a must-win situation. I mean, you can go down the line. I, I love Lamar Jackson, but that roster is 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 compromised based on all the injuries. Um the Chargers are learning how difficult it will be to come at the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this is to say is that the Chiefs are the Chiefs are positioned to where, in my in my assessment, they are a championship team who knows what's in front of them and that they're getting better as each week demands more. Um, and that's hard to do in this league. But they have the players and the coaches to do it, and they can rely on their resourcefulness of those previous experiences to not make them feel fragile or, you know, um, to not be sort of intimidated um, by the challenges that are going to come in January. And I just don't know if any other team in the league can sort of tap into that 
um, that's going to be in the seven team tournament, you know, in mid January. Seth, I used my final thoughts on a car with three wheels. So you, you take one more swing and then we'll let Nate send us out of here. The, the chiefs, they really have shown they can win a variety of ways. The defense is coming around. I anticipate Jones and Gay being back fairly quickly. Um, be thinking about and praying for Snead. I mean, that's got to be incredibly tough what he's still going through. I assume he'll probably be back soon from a football perspective mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then on a final note, I don't know who needs to hear this on a on a not nearly as serious note as everything I just said, but also kind of serious. Margin Call is a pretty underrated movie, and you should watch it sometime. Okay, so Margin Call is the 2011 <laughs> film starring. Now it is starring Kevin Spacey, and that's a first, a, a rough first thing for mm, me to well, see okay, about that's it. That's a bummer. That's a yeah. That's a that's I was, a bummer. I was watching a YouTube highlight on it. He's not the main character. Okay. All right. That's all right. That's good. That is, but you know, that's tough. That's a tough role. That um, is a tough role. Jeremy Irons. Uh, that's that's a nice that's a nice pull. Oh, he's um, great. Bet he's excellent. Stanley Tucci. In yep. it, very exciting. What's the what's the plot of the film? Uh, basically, it's like a a really uh, a financial firm, basically being the start of the 2008 economic collapse when they see what is about to come, and it basically is a bunch of meetings between professionals, and it really gets it right in what uh, what uh, corporate meetings look like in terms of the different types of personalities. And I'd like to suggest you watch a video called Seeing is Believing, Car Driving on Three Wheels with One Wheel Missing, God in Control, November 2017. As of the recording of this video, it has 8,090 views on YouTube. I would like to get that over 10,000 as quickly as possible. Please flood the comments with uh, Time Zars brought me here. That's that's what I would like. Uh, I would also like for you to go read Nate Taylor's work on TheAthletic.com as well as Seth Kaiser's work on the Chief of the North newsletter at mnchiefsfan.substack.com. He's got a, a Nick Bolton Every Snap film review review coming and there will be a Patrick Mahomes film review at some point. I don't know if we could bully you. You got you got a long week now, Seth, because of the Thursday night game. Maybe we get a little a little Travis Kelsey love in there somewhere. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll figure it out as, as the week rolls on. But Nick Bolton, definitely coming. Patrick Mahomes, definitely coming, correct? Correct. So you can go check that out, mnchiefsfan.com uh, or com. I got the URL wrong, so I would suggest you just use bit.ly slash Seth Really Hates Money to go there uh, and go to The Athletic. There's, all sort, there's been great coverage around the league. I mean, forever, obviously, but this has been a bonkers stretch of of NFL everything. Um, man, we didn't talk about Urban Meyer one time. We're at the <laughs> over an hour, easy. So we're not going to talk about him now. But that really bums me out because that is just a lot. Uh, but there, there you go. There's where you can go next. I, I think we'll probably do a show on on Monday. Um, maybe we take some questions because the Chiefs won't have a weekend game. But we can look at yeah. the rest of the league. Although it's starting to look like some of those games that we thought might happen this weekend may not happen this weekend. May happen yeah. something like Tuesday. Um, but uh, I think we probably do a show on Monday. And I tell you what, honestly, then Thursday is my birthday, and Friday is Christmas Eve, and then Saturday is Christmas, obviously. And then they play the Steelers. So I, I don't know what our schedule next week is going to be through the holiday week, but we'll we'll definitely one hundred percent have a show for you early next week um at least one show leading up to chief Steelers the day after christmas which i have no idea what i haven't given that game a minute of thought yet so uh <laughs> that's probably that's probably for the best uh nate go ahead and uh and get us out of here i'm gonna see if i can find any more videos of cars driving on just three wheels all right i, I said this on twitter and this i guess is my recommendation for our dear listeners um 
look, there is a feeling that I've had coming to L.A. every time the Chiefs have played. Now, in 2019, they were not in L.A. because they played the Chargers in Mexico City. A wonderful experience. Um, But in 2018, uh, the first game I covered for the Athletic about the Chiefs was Patrick Mahomes' first start as the true, you know, starter for the Chiefs. Um, I'm sure fans remember that game. It was played in a soccer stadium. You can take that little uh, trivia piece with you. Um, And more than half the stadium was full of Chiefs fans because they wanted to see – their generational quarterback. Um, the second time, of course, it can't get any higher. Uh, look, I know your team won last night, but it, it can't get any higher than Rams Chiefs Monday night in 2018. Or, yeah, 2018. And, and I think, you know, coming back here, uh, as I sort of said, I know – Seth sort of mentioned that you know maybe we're maybe we're getting a little edgy, but I, I I thought this game would be fabulous and it was it was a thriller. Um, so when the next NFL schedule comes out and the Chiefs are playing the Chargers, book the trip immediately <laughs> because I've covered three of these things. Um, obviously last year I didn't cover the the the, the second week game in LA because of you know. This this COVID out here, but you could say that game was also special too because it it was another Patrick Mahomes comeback in overtime. So all I'm saying is when the when the Chiefs play in Los Angeles the next time, book your trip immediately because it is a sure guarantee uh, that you're gonna you're gonna watch one of the best games of that season. Um, but yeah, they're ten and four and. I don't really know what's going to happen next in this week. What are we in, 15, 16? Who knows? Who the hell knows? (laughs) But uh, hopefully, if the world gets a little bit better between now and whenever the Chiefs play the Chargers or Rams again, um, I would highly encourage you to to see this in person because Herbert Mahomes, whew, I mean, yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun.